Hello and welcome to Pay No Attention, the SFF Writers Podcast where we step behind the curtain to talk about speculative fiction, the craft of writing and world building, and the mechanics of good storytelling. I'm your host David Whitechapel and I've been writing fantasy and science fiction stories for several years now. A couple of years ago I stumbled across an innovative web tool that helps guide and catalogue the process of creating a fantastic world. That tool is called Notebook.ai. Here with me today to discuss SSF world building and the remarkable new tools that can aid the creative process is the architect of Notebook.ai, writer and programmer, Andrew Brown. Thanks for joining me today, Andrew. Thank you. Um, so I thought I'd start by asking you about Notebook.ai. Uh, how did you come up with this idea and can you tell us a bit about what it is for those who haven't come across it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do a lot of writing on my own time and in the past, I've pretty much just exclusively used like paper and pencil notebooks, and uh, I basically fill them up just with ideas of characters, places, things, just all these different pieces of worlds that I'd like to build so I can just kind of piecemeal things together into new stories. Um, but a few times in my life, I've either lost notebooks or like moved and had to get rid of them. So I started thinking about how I can make them more persistent and moving them into like computers and where I can back them up and search through them and do some really cool new things like linking pages together and a lot of basically meta actions on them. Um, so I built a notebook that AI for myself Originally, I called it indent, a uh, fun fact, just so I could use the phrase indent before you write, since it's a world building tool. Um, but then I started showing it to some writer friends and they were like, wow, that's that's really cool. And so I, about four or five years ago, basically reprogrammed the whole thing and made it usable for other people, like added logins and stuff like that. So as it stands right now, it's basically just this tool that I created for myself that people showed some interest in, and then I made it possible for them to use it as well. And I posted it on Reddit and got about 10,000 people signing up in the first month. So I had a pretty good response, which showed me that people were interested. So I've just been working on it ever since, trying to make it better every day. Yeah, I I definitely thought it was a super uh, useful tool. And, and just one example of how um, sort of modern digital technologies can aid uh, fantasy writing and, and sci-fi and world building, all of this stuff. Um, just to describe what Notebook.ai is, uh, of course, if you're listening to this, you can go to the website. It's literally Notebook.ai if you want to check it out yourself. But it basically lets you create pages for uh, your universe, for the characters that are within those universe, the places the magic the um events even just lots of different categories and i guess it's got kind of a wiki structure within that yeah yeah it's uh very similar to a wiki uh, it's somewhere between a wiki and spreadsheets probably right and something i really like about it is the ai aspect of it or what i think is uh at least a little bit of ai in that it also prompts you with these sort of randomized questions about uh the the pages that you started to create. So I refreshed the page just a few moments before coming here with um, with a notebook that I partially filled out. And it asked me about what motivates my main character and what politics does uh, the, my secondary character have and how old is she? 
And those are not questions I've necessarily, well, the motivation I've thought about, but the politics doesn't nec- isn't necessarily something that I'd specifically thought about within the context of my story. But being asked it does really get your mind thinking. And I, I think that's such an interesting tool to have this kind of like random prompt to uh, to generate ideas. Yeah, that uh, that tool's really helpful, I find, in when people aren't necessarily like inspired to work on their worlds. They can get kind of these piecemeal questions of something very specific, like the politics of their character, Bob. And when they fill that in on the side, it uh, automatically saves it to Bob's page. And I think the AI aspect of that is in a good spot where we're seeing a lot of really groundbreaking AI advancements just all around the last several years and probably for many more years going forward. So as those sorts of new technologies come out, notebook.ai is in a good spot to implement them. So for example, one of the things I'm working on right now is deeper uh, prompts like that. So it can recognize the relations between your characters and say like, oh, I understand that these two characters grew up in the same hometown because you've answered questions about their hometown. Did they ever meet each other? Like, did they ever meet this third party? Did they, this one went to this school or how have Bob's childhood have been different if he had also went to that school? So it can kind of basically incorporate all those really specific aspects of your world into the writing prompts instead of getting really general, like you usually see from writing prompts. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm, uh, I mean, my mind is spinning with just how far that could go. I, I think that's just, yeah, you could end up with a, with the AI asking really will end up being really incisive questions about your world that perhaps you haven't considered or, or really like ignite a new, a new sort of way of thinking about a part of your world or story. Um, I think that's great. So, so you're actively developing, um, notebook.ai still, uh, and where do you see the future of it then? Yeah, I've got so many ideas there. Um, So I want to move more into the AI aspect of it. I intentionally focused originally on just making it a really solid world building tool. So that meant building out all of these very solid features that aren't necessarily smart, but they let you do what you need to do. You can build your world. You can link your pages together. You can upload images and tag your characters and reorder them, add them to timelines, things like that. But there's not as much AI as I'd like in it yet. So that's basically where I want to take it moving forward. And a lot of the newer AI technologies that are coming out, um, like GPT-3, um, IBM Watson, it has a bunch of natural language processing stuff that I'm starting to use. All that can be put to use in a lot of different ways that uh, can both help in world building, help in writing. I have a lot of really cool ideas, I think, for uh, how I could use that sort of machine learning to, for example, match worlds that you build to published worlds from specific publishers. So I could say like, oh, you build very high-tech fantasy epic plots spanning multiple worlds with this sort of, with these sorts of conflicts. So here's four publishers that also frequently publish worlds with those sorts of stories. 
maybe you'd be interested in submitting something to them. So there's a lot of like both in generative in helping you world build, but also in reviewing and publishing uh, how AI can be used to just kind of help authors in new ways that they didn't have tools before. That's really interesting. That's sort of like genre analysis through linguistic analysis. I think that's fascinating because obviously that's what we do when we read a book and we think, oh, what genre was that book? That, that's obviously what's going on within our brains is is that kind of an level of analysis of what the story was about and what, you know, themes or topics it contained and what the setting was. Um, and there's obviously no reason that an AI couldn't do that. And it's, it's, it's cool that we're at the level that we will be able to do that. So I, I think that's really good. And the application of being able to line you up with suitable publishers, that's obviously also great. Um, that's, yeah, that will be such a nice way of, of basically without having to do your, all of this investigation and, and, you know, looking at what else has been published by this person to just sort of have a, a real grasp of, I mean, I guess it could even be sort of a numerical level, the kind of um, correlation between your work and, and the work published by a certain publisher. Or, I mean, vice versa, for publishers looking for work, perhaps they could also run that kind of analysis on manuscripts and, and get an idea before even reading it. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that it will turn out to be a very nice uh, two-way funnel, basically, for both writers and publishers, because... Writers want to find the publishers most likely to publish them, and publishers want to find the writers that they're most likely to like. So it's kind of like the, I mean, even human curated list of like books similar to this, but it's more for books that haven't been published yet. So it's just show me all the books similar to this one that I published that I might also be able to publish. By the way, I don't know if anyone's working on that, but I think that's also a great idea. Just a, like a Pandora, like a radio station for books if, with that yeah. kind of analysis. That would be great because people are always looking for recommendations based on what they liked before. Uh, so I think yeah. that would be huge. Yeah, understanding books, I think, is something that we don't necessarily do very well as humans, but we do it better than anything. But now that this sort of AI technology is starting to become more available we can start using that to help augment us understand books and then very formulaically say this book is similar to this book and once you can do that from a computer that opens up you i mean you no longer have to have all this time spent like days reading books even just to fully understand them and then figure out which books are similar to which books you can just say like here's a book that you will probably enjoy what do you say to people who find all this talk of AI involved in the creative process a little bit scary? Because even as I'm saying it, uh, I'm I'm excited about it, but I'm also a little uh, a little nervous about it because it feels like such a human space, right? Such human creativity, and then bringing these these robots in suddenly. I mean, it's even part of the genre, right? Um, bringing these AIs in. <laughs> into the creative field is it's a little scary it's like you know they're coming in on our turf are they going to take over what do you say to people who, are, who have those concerns yeah absolutely uh as a writer i'm a little scared but as a programmer i'm also excited so i'm in this weird middle place right now but i think creativity has always been seen as very human-centric very unique to humans and now that we're starting to see like AIs that paint paintings, AIs that write short stories, that edge is kind of blending away a little bit. And so it's kind of 
hard to try and figure out what the field of writing in the future will be like, just because I do think it's kind of like a Pandora's box where we've built these AIs that can write stories. You can't really put that away now and undo that. So I try to think of the future of writing where you have a lot of stories out there and whether they're written by humans or AI is very in flux because I also think that a lot of AI can be used symbiotically with the writing process. So a lot of the AI in Notebook helps you build those worlds in different ways. That's more of a tool than actually replacing the humans. But I do think that there are going to be lots of books written by AI as well. So I think that the uh, emphasis going forward should probably be on providing tools that just help people find the books that they are most likely to enjoy. So when you have a huge pool of books out there, it becomes a lot harder to find books that you'll like. I mean, that's already a problem that we have right now with all human books. I like these books. How do I find the next book that I want to read that I'll really enjoy? And that's going to become more and more of a problem as one, writing gets easier with all these tools. And two, stories are literally being generated by computers. So I think moving forward as writers, we should really kind of embrace these new tools that let us write better and strengthen the quality of our writing, make writing easier, and also be ready to embrace the tools that help readers find our stories. Readers that will truly appreciate our stories will be the ones reading them instead of getting some people that like them, some people that don't and lots in the middle <laughs> right yeah i think the way that i um justify or rationalize not being too afraid is i think of them as as higher level tools all of these things as higher level tools so even within the writing process um ai tools that can basically write a story i think you still will want human management on top of that to design the story and then and in a sense that'll be a high level tool and at least as as ai works at the moment to my understanding you feed in stories to get out stories. So there's there's always a requirement for um, something to feed into the machine in the first place. And in the same way that um, the synthesizer didn't render the orchestra obsolete, I don't think, and the Kindle didn't render the book obsolete, the real physical book, I don't think that um, AI storytelling is going to render the human writer obsolete. I don't think, who knows. Um, do you think we're going to see AI authors uh, that write stories that are indistinguishable from human written stories in terms of, you know, they don't read weirdly or they don't have any AI sort of jankiness to them. Do you think we're going to see that anytime soon? I think we might, but I think you also need to see them as the tools that they are, as you said, those high level tools. So for example, I write a lot of short stories and I actually have a couple stories that I've put out this year that were written almost entirely by an AI. However, it was through me feeding them input, both in what type of plot I wanted, the characters that I wanted, and also the actual writing was done basically paragraph by paragraph, where I would generate a paragraph, say, no, I don't like this one, generate a new paragraph, say, yeah, that one's great, and then move on to the next paragraph. So it's very much in my style, um, both in how I decide those things, and also the AI learns from the prompt that I put in, in my own style as well. So I think that 
you will get a lot of AI written stories, but they will have the human style and decision making coming through. Um, for purely AI stories that read well and people enjoy, I would say there's going to be a lot less of that. But I do think that generally for every story, no matter how bad or how good it is, uh, there's going to be people out there that really relate to it and uh, really enjoy that story for whatever reason. So I think with AI-generated stories, there's going to be those people. But the chance of matching that story with that person when there's so few people that I would say enjoy the current quality of purely AI stories, uh, it's going to be pretty rare. That must have been pretty surreal, uh, putting your writing into this machine and then having it spit out a paragraph that's in your style. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's actually really fun, and I have found that it makes writing a lot easier when you can just write for a while, and then when you get writer's block or something, you just click a button and it continues for you. Yeah, that's super interesting. I, I think also very surreal. Um, so yeah, I, I'm 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 apprehensive, but also looking forward to the dawn of this of this new age of uh, of AI involved in creative writing. I, I think yeah, it's both fascinating and a little unnerving. A bit like it's a bit like a sort of uncanny valley of um, creativity, but will be really interesting to see what comes out of it. I mean, the idea of uh, of this higher level composition, paragraph to paragraph, is quite interesting because there's not from a writing perspective, there's not necessarily that much real craft that goes into writing a paragraph other than the base craft of being able to you know write sentences that make sense and hang together and and convey what you're trying to convey so the idea of of, of paragraph selection and this kind of higher level um design is is pretty interesting so you're right. you're also a writer um how did you how did you get into it what what are you, what's your background with uh with writing fantasy and sci-fi and what are your influences uh yeah so i've been writing a very long time now. I'm not sure I would call the stories that I wrote as a kid actual stories, because reading them now, they're really bad. Uh, but I pretty much got into writing as like a main hobby around 2010-ish, so about 10 years ago. And I focused mostly on short stories and poetry, but I've written a few novels, I guess a couple no novellas that were supposed to be novels. But I really try and read a lot, and so that kind of that kind of influences the things that I write about a lot. So a lot of my inspiration comes from Isaac Asimov, Stephen King, Cory Doctorow, that sort of either like high fantasy or very gritty tech sci-fi. I try and write a lot of genres, but I always find myself coming back to those and really kind of getting lost in these fictional worlds that I can create that are just either so far different from the world that we live in that they're interesting or so similar but different in such a uncanny way that they're also interesting in that way. Yeah, I I mean I get what you're talking about. I I I love uh, SFF for whatever reason that's my that's my genre. Um I love fantasy and sci-fi and there is something about that mirror warped or otherwise that appeals to me this kind of reflection of reality to greater or lesser degrees that cast focus on you know something in particular or 
was something fantastical that could never even exist and, and seeing seeing what could fall out of that yeah i mean anyone who loves fantasy and sci-fi they they know why they love it i guess it's just <laughs> it's in your bones isn't it yeah it is um so y- you know you you've developed uh, this tool and and I, I know you you as a programmer you probably have worked on other tools uh, of of different and similar natures uh, how often are you using these tools to aid in your own writing do you, i mean do you use them for example to prompt yourself so that you do you you know do you ever have do you have a tool for writer's block do you have a a tool for like extra world generation or character generation H- how involved are these tools in your writing process they're very involved um i use notebook.ai pretty much weekly um pretty much anytime i get any idea for a character that i want to stick in a world later or some sort of location or weird creature i was watching uh some show a few weeks ago and they made some offhand reference to i think a forest that never changes and so i immediately went over to notebook.ai and created basically just a concept of that in there because I thought that'd be an interesting idea and then a week later I was looking through my notebook for ideas because I needed to put out a short story for the week and I came across that and I was like okay so let's let's kind of build on that let's build a plot around it so I, I get a lot of both my world and my plot from trying to piece together things from the site but I also work on a lot of other tools that are either in progress or done to varying degrees. Uh, For example, with writer's block, I have been working on a tool that uses a a new AI model from OpenAI that basically does what we talked about earlier, where I can write for a while, and then when I get writer's block, I'll press a button, and it'll feed in what I've written so far, and also some general metadata like the genre and the title and uh, things like that. And then it'll present me with multiple paragraph options for how to continue. So then I can just choose one of those that I like and keep going on. I am really big on uh, this sort of stylistic analysis as well. So a while back, I built a tool called Dactyl, which uh, isn't public anymore, but basically built what's called a dactylogram for your writing. So in very specific terms would measure around 60 metrics of your writing of like how often you use adverbs compared to other parts of speech or how frequently you describe your nouns with adjectives. And so it also allowed me to use that same tech to analyze famous authors. So then I could put in my writing and say, here's my style. Tell me what authors are most similar to my style. Basically, I kept improving on that to then suggest changes to my writing using that, saying, oh, I want to write more like Stephen King. What changes in this document do I need to make to match his style closer? So I'm always writing, and I usually use what I write as a test ground to test all these weird new tools that I'm also always thinking of. That's really interesting. Um, is is that is that going to be made public again? That tool, Dactyl. Um, it might be. I originally built it very developer focused, so it was just an API that anyone could build apps on top of. So it wasn't really meant for non tech savvy writers or other people to come in and just paste in their stories. But 
I'm kind of over time building all that technology into notebook.ai now. So it'll probably uh, surface again at some point. Yeah, I'm asking selfishly because that sounds really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Okay, so here's a really nerdy question um, that I, I always like to ask. What is your preferred or usual writing setup? And I'm talking hardware, software, where you are, what time of day. And uh, <laughs> do you have like a daily uh, goal for yourself or, or any other regular targets? Yeah, so there's a lot to get into on software. So I will start with uh, setup and hardware. Um, I'd say my ideal setup is probably late at night. Obviously, we all get inspired when we're laying in bed trying to sleep. And I'm very much a night owl. So luckily, I get a lot of that inspiration when I'm still awake and have a few hours left in me. So late at night, usually on the couch or like a papasan chair or something really comfortable with a laptop. And then I just sit down and try and pump out like two to three thousand words. That's usually how long my short stories are. But yeah, software wise, I like to go through a big old stack of tools to use. If you want to get super nerdy, I've actually been learning a game development framework lately called Unity that I've been using to basically visualize all of these worlds that I'm writing in so I can build entire towns or just houses it's almost like The Sims, but on steroids, where you can, there's almost no limits in what you can do. So I, in the writing process, try and build up these worlds before writing and get a very uh, concrete idea of what I'm writing, where I'm writing. And then I usually try and come up with some sort of outline of like an interesting plot or something that happens in these worlds. And once you have that and this kind of visual reference of being able to see oh this house is next to this house you can see this house from this window that sort of stuff it makes it a lot easier for me to write these it makes it easier for me to write without worrying so much about inconsistencies and yeah it just makes it easier for me to write without worrying about inconsistencies um so i usually write in like google docs uh the notebook.ai editor if I'm writing anything longer, I'll usually use Scrivener. Uh, it's really good for separating out those chapters and keeping everything very piecemeal into smaller chunks that I like working with. Yeah, and I use just basically a slew of add-ons like Grammarly that also give me suggestions along the way of how I'm writing and what I might be able to change. I'm so glad I asked this question because firstly, the unity thing is the exact reason I asked the question. That's exactly the kind of nerdiness I, I love hearing <laughs> about. That's super interesting. And I, I've got a follow-up question about that. But also the other thing that's really interesting about this question is I feel like asking different people, there's often a very different focus. For some people, it's all about the time of day or all about the regularity or all about the, uh, you know, the hardware in some way. Um, but for you, it's very much like there's a lot of, there's a lot of thinking about the software. Uh, so I think that's really interesting. A lot of a lot of other people they they're not thinking about software at all. They're just using Google Docs or they're they're just right. using Word, and that's just what they do. They don't really want to think about it any more than that. Yeah. So I think it's super interesting. If, yeah, I think a lot of people have very different uh, basically routines that work well for them, and you just got to find what works for you and nail it. Absolutely, and that's something I I kind of want to explore in this podcast is just to see the you know the variance the the huge variance between different writers and how they do things and and hopefully. 
listeners perspective writers who, who are listening you, you can realize you know you can do things in so many different ways it's just so many different ways of doing things now um it's amazing okay so a follow-up question about the unity thing because i think that's really interesting um sure I, I have this theory that writers have these sort of seeds that they grow their stories from or, or their worlds from in the case of fantasy and sci-fi and uh so i always think of like tolkien for i think it was very much li- linguistic and uh, language based that he and then he grew these sort of dynasties and histories and eventually stories out of out of his love of language and for other people uh, it's maps there's a lot of um other software that uses that is about map creation and location creation so what i thought was interesting about you what you said about basically building a model of your world in unity um firstly that's a very interesting use of unity because as you said it's a game design engine primarily right um yeah. And, but secondly, like, I guess that, that would suggest to me that your kind of seed of thinking about your world is, is, is kind of physical or, or geographical in some way. D- does that ring true for you? Yeah, I'd say so. I think a lot of my stories are set on a very small scale. So usually two or three characters within a small town, um, or just like a couple adventurers off on their own exploring. And it's all very visual in my head where they go, what they see, what they say. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, super interesting. Um, it's it's a shame in a way there's not a more direct tool for that, I suppose, because obviously Unity is probably fairly, uh, there's a fairly steep learning curve for that, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty steep learning curve. Um, as a programmer, I was able to get into it pretty quickly. I obviously am very not good yet at a lot of the programming aspects of it but just for building worlds it's very much like the sims in that there's an asset store and you can go and just get packs full of furniture and houses and stuff and then you just drag and drop it in so i'd say somebody that was interested in giving it a shot could probably watch some of the tutorials on youtube and get into it within just like a few days and just kind of play around with it yeah, it's a game design framework first, so there's a lot that it can do, but there's a lot you don't have to even know how to do in order to start building these models of wherever you want, basically. Yeah, again, I think that's a super innovative use of that, and um, I can imagine other people doing that. It's kind of like, I was imagining, I wonder how people would have, sometimes I like to think, how how would people have done this like 300 or 500 years ago? Uh, and <laughs> right. I, I'm almost imagining like, you know, that era of writer, if they wanted to do something similar, maybe building a model, you know, a little wooden model or something of, of their uh, fictional town, something like that, mm-hmm. or a ship or something. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's fascinating. That's not, see, I don't really think about my stories like that. I also don't want inconsistencies, but for me, the, um, the geography is like a, something I think about after I'm like, does this work? <laughs> even, <laughs> even like maps and like, distances and stuff like that for example it's really after the fact i'm like well i guess i should think about how far apart these two places are or whatever (laughs) right yeah i think there's also some fun aspects in using these sorts of tools especially when they have limitations so for example i'm building a town right now that's kind of like a seaside town and i wanted a big old church and I found a free church model and I dragged it in, but the materials that it used, like stone and brick, is very different from the rest of the town. So already in my head, I'm like, okay, so like plot-wise, lore-wise, 
why is this church built so differently than the rest of the town? Was it here long before the town? And so you start like getting these uh, ideas that you wouldn't otherwise get if you were just building this town in your head. You'd probably make all the buildings look the same. But just the fact that I had to find a free church model that looked so different, now I'm questioning pieces of this world like how do i make this fit and it probably won't even make it into the story but there's some interesting backstory there of maybe this church stood just in the middle of nowhere for the longest time and then a town formed around it or maybe there's something suspicious going on in the graveyard behind it or something like that yeah that's really interesting i think i think i find something i try and sketch my characters these days I'm, i'm not a very good artist and i'm trying to learn to be better but that's something that um I also find as I'm sketching them, I'm I'm thinking about them in different ways in a sort of design-centric way. And mm-hmm. it definitely makes me think about completely different things that I w- wasn't thinking about while writing it. So, uh, and sometimes that is to do with, yeah, limitation of the tools, you know, the palette that you have or the kind of brushes that you're using. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, I you know, restrictions are a big part of creativity. So that makes sense to me. <laughs> so... What is, what's the hardest part of writing for you? I mean, it sounds like you've got a lock on, on pumping out these short stories from the way you talk about <laughs> it, but if there is a hardest part of writing for you or was at some point, uh, wh- what is it and, and how did you learn to overcome it? <laughs> yeah, there's so many hard parts. So I think the hardest part for me is probably just, mm, it's either forming an interesting plot in the worlds that I build or progressing through that plot with some proper pacing. Probably the latter. When I'm writing, I usually, as I guess we've figured out, I've got this very visual idea in my head. So it's hard to know how much of that detail to like leave in the air and let the writer think about versus how much to explicitly write out. So I think I have a lot of problems in getting right to the action of the plot, which isn't a problem if you're a reader that just really loves world building. (laughs) Um, But I also, especially in like dialogue, it's hard to know where the line lies in describing this world versus making things happen. I think you can go too far in both ways. And I'm still looking for where the proper line is in making interesting things happen in interesting worlds. I think I lean more towards maybe uninteresting things are happening in these interesting worlds, or at least that's what I'd like to think. And I'm trying to move that dial back, but I think that is a big symptom of pacing problems, probably. Okay, here's another uh, random question. If you could sit down uh, to dinner, let's say, with your favorite author, what would you want to talk to them about? (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, so I would love to sit down with... Isaac Asimov, who you probably know if you're big into SFF, he, if you don't know, did a bunch of sci-fi, mostly around robots and like how they would fit into a human world. So he's known mostly for his three laws of robotics, um, basically dictating that robots can't hurt humans and they're programmed into all these robots. And so the stories that he tells have aged really well i would say since when he wrote them he died in 1992 i think um so there's been tons of like exponential technological progress since he died 
I would love to just sit him down for dinner and basically walk him through all this new tech. Like, imagine cell phones in 1992. I don't think we had even wireless phones in our houses. So showing him, like, these powerhouse machines we keep in our pockets and all the cool robots from, like, Boston Dynamics and, like, all the new AI models. I'd love to show him all these things and then just kind of pick his brain on futuristic stories using all this tech instead of uh, tech from like the 70s and 80s that, that aged really well. I think he writes timeless stories, but the tech in them has not aged as well. So I'd love to just brainstorm and world build with him on new stories with new tech. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I, I like to imagine that someone like Asimov would would be really excited to use something like notebook.ai as well. <laughs> I am actually working on a uh, text editor that does a lot of AI stuff that I'm kind of envisioning as like, Photoshop for writing, and I'm probably going to call it Asimov as just kind of a nice little homage to him. Oh, that's fascinating. Can you can you tell us any more about that? Uh, yeah, it's very much still in the brainstorming phase, but... Um, I'd like it to be kind of the notebook.ai for writing, um, whereas notebooks usually for world building right now. But a lot of, I'm not actually an expert on Photoshop. It might sound like I know what I'm talking about here, but um, I'd like to just build in a lot of tools for writers that do interesting new things. So if you write a story and analyze it and say like, oh, this is reading at a sixth grade reading level. And you're like, oh, I actually want that higher or lower. Um, I feel like I've got all the tech built that I should be able to, for example, have a slider for the reading level and you could slide it up to ninth grade or fourth grade and it'll suggest synonyms to words that will basically let you adjust all these dials on your story at a high level instead of having to go through and manually changing uh, the writing itself. So changing those sorts of reading levels through suggesting synonyms or like if you wanted to change a character's gender or height or hair color or something, you could have a panel for all that information about your character. But then when you change it there, it automatically updates through your whole story. Um, lots of cool just like using it as a sandbox to try out all these AI features that might be helpful, might be not, but I think some people might find some of them helpful. So I think it's worth building. That sounds super powerful and interesting and, and, and just, there's such a huge scope for that. I think <laughs> de definitely worth working on. I'm excited to see, to see what will become of that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, what to you is the purpose of your, and just in general storytelling, is it just entertainment. Um, this is something I like to ask SFF writers, especially because SFF is so often viewed as as just escapism, right? So, um, mm -hmm. do you, do you have any higher goals with with writing, or as you envision it, you know, also the writers that you're trying to help with your tools? What do you see as the purpose of it? Yeah, I think about this a lot, actually, especially in the context of what we talked about earlier with like AI that can now write stories. Why should I write it? I don't know how philosophical you want to get here. So I'll just say I usually write because I have stories to tell. I like to create these crazy worlds and just kind of introduce people to concepts that 
would otherwise be completely foreign to them. Like that's my biggest trend throughout my writing is here's something weird and here's how it fits in to a world where it's normal. So I'd say a lot of it is kind of for my own entertainment. A lot of it is for other people's entertainment. Uh, I'd say a lot of people probably won't like most of my stories, but there's probably people out there that really like them just because of how weird some of them are. And some of them have deeper meanings. Some of them don't. Um, There's just a lot of variety. And I think it's therapeutic or just kind of aesthetic almost for me to write these stories out that I'm seeing in my head. Um, I just like sharing them with other people. Yeah, I mean, I think that's totally legitimate uh, as well, right? Just to get this thing out of your head and, and, and into other people's heads, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, uh, where can people uh, find your stuff? Yeah, so I write a lot of short stories and poetry. I'm putting out one every week this year at uh, drewsipth.com. It's uh, D-R-U-S-E-P. TH.com. Uh, and that's just kind of a pen name that I've been using since I started writing. Um, I also have a book on Amazon from when I was 18 that is probably not worth buying because it's not as good compared to recent work. I guess it's always hard reading your old stuff. But yeah, I would say check out drewsip.com if you want to read uh, some of the weirder stuff from me. And of course, uh, go to notebook.ai spelled exactly how you think it is and uh, to check out um the uh is it an app an application uh it runs entirely in your web browser uh web so app, perhaps yeah it's a web app web app yeah so check out the web app it's fantastic i strongly recommend it and and by the way not just for writers also very applicable for uh D world building for world building of any kind i think it's a super uh useful and interesting tool so definitely check that out um thanks very much for joining me today Andrew. Thank you very much for having me. Great. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. That's a, a bit different than usual talking about um, tools and stuff. Uh, please feel free to contact us and let us know your thoughts. Are you scared about the oncoming horde of AI authors taking our jobs? Uh, you can contact the podcast at paynopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so please feel free to uh, email in and get in touch. And you can find me on Twitter at dwhitechapel. Again, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.